Welcome to Inside Motorsport. I'm here at the moment with uh, Craig Ravel, Tony Whitlock, and we're talking with Rob Benson. Rob Benson, who is a name well known to those people in the V8 paddock, having first bobbed up there in 88, Rob? Uh, yes, 88, yes. At Bathurst, um, we came over here with the, with Tom and the TWR, the, the Holden, uh, but we, we were over here before with, with the Rovers and the Jaguars. Um, Rob has a, a very long history in Australian motorsport and in New Zealand motorsport, in world motorsport. And we'll just go very quickly through it because it is a very glorious and, and very distinguished career that Rob's had. And uh, I've known him for uh, at least 25 years. And I take great uh, pride in knowing him as well as I do. Anyway, Rob, let's start off with New Zealand. Came to Australia you were engine builder already extraordinaire. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but yeah, I, I, I ended up building um, engines in New Zealand for jet boats and for rally cars and uh, some Formula Pacific type cars back then, uh, BDAs, and um, then came to Australia to to get into professional motorsport, but uh, it really wasn't available back then. Um, so in 1977, I went to England to try and um, you know, get into professional motorsport. And uh, it took me a couple of years. I ended up in, it, it took me till 1982 when I started with uh, TWR as a professional engine builder. Um, I worked for some small companies over there. Uh, uh, one company that may, people may know is called a Sally. And um, I was building engines for them. Um, until I got into TWR. What were most of those engines, uh, Sally? Um, mostly small Ford engines, sort of like, uh, you know, the 2-litre Pinto, 1600 uh, Crossflow, uh, BDAs, uh, twin-cam escort engines or twin-cam Lotus engines and things like that. So, you know, just the small stuff. They were, at that time, machining parts for um, TWR, the Rover pieces. Um, but that's not how I got into into uh, TWR. It, it came to the the attention of my landlord, who I, I was renting a house in a little town called Kidlington, or Kirtlington, sorry. And um, uh, my landlord was a friend of a of a, a publican where the engine shop manager of TWR used to frequent quite often, and um, he was telling him over a beer or two, that he needed an engine builder. So he told my landlord, and my landlord told me, and then I just made a phone call, and it started from there. You know, it was very difficult to get into. It's that catch-22. You know, they want someone experienced, but how do you get experience? So um, I, anyway, that's how I got into it and started from there. Um, and, of course, one of the amazing things about Rob's career um, and he's a, a fairly modest sort of bloke, a New Zealander, of course they usually are. <laughs> um, but one of the things is that he has the most extraordinary list of his wins. Now, whether they be championships or major titles um, uh, or big races, um, you know, there's Bathurst wins, there's NASCARs, there's European, there's British touring car titles. Um but all of them, the one that you cherish the most, which I find the most fascinating, tell us the, the race win that you treasure the most as a man who has been building engines for 
30, 40 years? Mm, that's a <laughs> that's a hard one, Tony. Um, yeah, like every time you you get the win, it's 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 a it's a shot in the arm for you. But I think probably uh, maybe the Bathurst win in nineteen ninety, which we didn't expect. We, we were the underdogs. We were working night and day to get get that Holden up to speed, um, and uh, to come out and 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 win in front of the home crowd here was was one thing. You know, I actually I actually had a few tears in my eyes after after the win because it was just so hard fought and there was so much pent up uh, I don't know frustration with you know how we were how things were going and then it all just sort of came together at the at the right time. Um, so you know that was good. You know, winning a NASCAR title with with Jeff Gordon um, when I was with Hendrick Motorsport. That's another, you know, that's, that's another hard fought um, series. That you know, everything, all the all the ducks have to have to line up for you. You know, so you know those two probably um, the most. Uh, yeah, and one more probably for me is the. The first series that I got involved in uh, when I went to TWR was the French Touring Car Championship. And we had a driver called Jean-Louis Slasser and another driver called Mark Douai. Mark Douai was more a uh, rally guy, but he was driving the, the, the Rover Vitesses and we were doing the French Championship, which was full of superstars, ex-Formula One guys. Um, and so uh, that was my first sort of... Uh, world stage championship that I that that I won, um, you know, as an engine builder. So that that you know, obviously your first love is or your first win is um, always uh, uh, you know st- sticks in your mind. But probably you know, if I had to put something up the top there, probably my Bathurst win would be the the first Bathurst win would be um, you know on on centre stage, I think. And of course, that was with the uh, win Percy and Alan Bryce. Uh, uh, Commodore, um, and of course, John Louis Schlesser is a multiple winner of Le Mans. Uh, you know, quite a star internationally. But let's fast forward through because I knew you through your guys as uh, Wayne Gardner's with race engine developments uh, with Neil Burns in partnership. Um, then fast forward through Brad Jones, then through uh, Tickford or ProDrive, and uh, to when you next bob up is. Um, and I visited you in Altenau in Germany where you were at Hyundai Rally Program, the Hyundai Factory Rally Program, and quite an amazing place, and you were there for four years. Yes, yeah, that was a bit of a – once again, that, that was a surprise. I, I'd um, Years before, uh, a few years before, I sort of put my resume in with, uh, I think, a race staff or one of those companies that sort of headhunt around, and um, – I wasn't expecting it, and I just got a call out of the blue from uh, this guy, this guy in in Germany who didn't speak very good English, and it took me a little bit of time to understand what he was actually talking about. And um, he wanted to wanted me to um, at the time. I guess I'd step back a little bit. At the time, they were getting their engines built by a company in France called People, and uh, it's P I P O, and um, uh, they wanted to bring the, engine, the whole engine program, the WA, um, the, the, the rally program in-house. So uh, they wanted someone who had experience of building an engine shop from nothing and, and could run it. So uh, through 
whatever means they got hold of me. And um, so they, I had first a talk with somebody from the HR department, then the engine, the powertrain manager, I should call him, uh, who was uh, Stefan Girard. He, uh, he then called me and I chatted to him. And then we had a Skype sort of interview um, that went on for an hour or two and um, with him and some other people involved. And uh, so it ended up them wanting me to go over there for a proper face-to-face interview and just have a look at the place and all that. So in, uh, I think, a couple of weeks from that, um, from that conversation, I was on a plane to Germany. Um, I arrived there. Um, Spent a week, looked around. The you know the facility was very big. You know it's very nice. It, you know it's a professional motorsport team. It's 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 a factory team, so you know expense is no problem. So I uh, I talked to Stefan at length there, and he said I, I needed to walk away with a with a contract. Well, the the HR department had different ideas of what they wanted to pay me, and I didn't really want to do it for nothing. So. Um, I didn't walk away with a contract. I came back to Australia thinking that now this will this will go no further. And probably, you know, a month passed, I think. And uh, then I get another call saying, you know, we need to make something work. And I said, okay. And we, we haggled a bit backwards and forwards, um, emails backwards and forwards with a contract. No, I'm not signing that, not signing that. Then they sent me one that I thought was fair enough for me. So I signed it and then... Um, February that year, maybe I can't remember. Uh, I ended up um, going to Germany um, with a, what they call a blue card, which is something similar to a green card you get in uh, in America. So I ended up getting this blue card, which gave me working permit for five years, I think. But it was a it was a, an open contract, so I. Um, I could stay there as long as I need, as long as I wanted to, until retirement if I needed. So that's how it started. When I visited you there, just outside Frankfurt in Alzenau, um, I remember you showing me around, and we saw an engine dyno, we saw shock dynos, and everything. And the, the thing that I, I so was uh, impressed by what you told me that you said that outside Formula One, these are the most um, high tech engines in the world in the World Rally Championship. Yeah, the the technology that's involved in a in a, a rally engine these days at that level is is Formula One technology. We were using Formula One technology in the management system and everything to uh, to get that up to the spec. You know, they're very highly developed. Um, the, the engines cost a lot of money. Uh, they're a billet block. Uh, they have unique everything in there. They're, it's it's made from from the ground up, designed from the ground up. Um, as a as a rally engine at that level, and so that I was uh, um, exposed to a lot more technology than I'd, I'd seen in the past from from any anywhere else I'd been working, um, and it's you know it, it's it's evolved as well. You know, once I got the engine shop in house, and we started building our own engines, and then we started developing our own engines, and we had some very smart people in the uh, design department, and um, uh, we put a, you know, it was a belt drive when, okay, sorry, a chain drive when we when we took over the program. We ended up putting a gear drive up it, which was worth a couple of horsepower. And we were fighting for, for you know, two, three, four, five horsepower. You don't, there's no big lumps at that level. You you 
you take these small steps all the time. But if you can keep making these small steps, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a big step. So the technology that we use was was very high. Um, like I say, it's, it's, it was the next level down from F1. And um, there was a lot of things there that you know maybe I can't even talk about. But uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a, you know a big step for me as far as the management system and how these things are, uh, are run. Given that in the time I've known you, you've been building predominantly V8s, but obviously not exclusively, because in, now you've been involved in turbocharged four-cylinder engines, which are multi-valve, and you know, lots of different uh, technology involved in the management of those. Is the engine building program that you started back in the 70s and ran through with V8s and Rovers and, and Australian and NASCAR, is it much the same building all these types of engines, just going to a spec sort of thing? Uh, uh, yeah. You know, the, the 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 basic engine building is the same from, you know, when I first started back back in back in New Zealand even to to how we were building them in, in ours and now. But the technology, the the um the types of material you, you uh, available to you now is much much better. So what you used to have to try and uh, you know make things big and strong and that now uh, the the metal that you can use and and the technology, the heat treatment, the, all the, the that's available to you now um, it makes the engines a lot lot more technical, I guess. Um, and you've got to know the right components to put in them. The, you know. The, the basic engine building side of it is is the same, but how it is assembled, uh, with and with what components that you're using, the parts that you're using, um, is definitely uh, uh, night and day from when I started to what it is now, and um, how small the components are. How, like in in NASCAR, we were running a, a 5.5 millimeter valve stem and a titanium valve that was. Uh, uh, the, um, well, I can't remember what size the, the valve head was now, but it looked it looked like it would never survive. Um, you would never, back in the days when I first started, even back here with um, the Holden, we would never run a valve that that a valve stem that small. But the technology in in the titanium valves have moved forward to um, so much, and you know it's just. Now it's completely different. Like I say, you know, the, the the basic way you put an engine together is the same. You know, it's all got a crankshaft, conrod, piston, rings, bearings, all the stuff. But the technology that that's that's come along and made these uh, components that you're putting together much much more um, advanced, I guess. Uh, I'm sort of maybe I'm not explaining myself exactly right, but. Uh, so the the engine, you know, it, it it can can handle so much more um, grief than it used to have. You know, once upon a time you couldn't run an engine into detonation because or knock, we, it would be better to say, because um, you know the piston would just just disintegrate. Now on on a turbocharged engine, we run it in knock all the time. That that's that's how it races. It sits it sits in the knock condition. And um, that's very hard on an engine. You know, the cylinder pressure is, it goes up extremely high when it gets into knock, and it's got to survive that. And um, but it makes the most power at that point as well. So to get uh, an engine that runs at, at uh, you know at world class 
world events, then you know you have to you have to be on the limit with everything. Now your job as engine builder plays only a very small role because you're not only a team manager, but you're a race engineer for Nathan Nathan Morecambe in the number eleven car. Um, it's a it's a very different world you you're leading now since you've come back from Germany. Oh, you're right, I am. I um actually the engine building is sort of not not ex- existent anymore. We can't touch the engines because they're sealed, and um so apart from just you know changing a turbocharger or something like that, you know you know when it's due to be changed, um and small components like that, I I don't touch the engines anymore. Um. But it is a new new challenge for me. It's like when I went to Aldenau that I one of the reasons I went there is I wanted to learn the the, the, the new the latest turbo technology, um, and it was a challenge. You know, V8s. I've, I've, as you as you know, I've worked on V8s most of my life, and so moving on to a smaller engine that's that's um, uh, forced induction. Uh, you know, it, it brings its own challenges, and so I learned a lot from that. Um, I finished my job in hours and hours. Um, the engine shop was running. It was in, you know, there was everything was in place. I I could have stayed there, but I needed, you know, I just I got a bit homesick, to be honest with you. And so I came back here, and this this is a new challenge. It's um, it's not that I, I don't know uh, how a car is engineered, and and I had a lot to do with it, you know, in places I, I've been. So. Uh, but I'm enjoying this challenge. It, it's um, it's definitely different. Um, but I, I'm actually enjoying not not having to worry about the engine so much, and 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 more about how to make the car stop and get around corners. So, uh, our listeners, a little bit about the background. So, you're at Alton Al with the Hyundai program, and Barry Morecambe made contact with you. And as we know, Barry and his team, with Will Brown and Nathan Morecambe driving for them, they won the inaugural 2019. TCR Championship in Australia. Um, clearly, the i30 Hyundai was one of the better cars in TCR worldwide. Um, so you helped Barry get the cars that he uh, brought back to Australia, and they won that subsequent championship. And, of course, Will Brown absolutely smashed that uh, title, the inaugural TCR Australia. Um, seven wins, but Nathan got one, um, 15 podiums for, uh, for Will. Quite extraordinary how well he did. But now you've just had the weekend that uh, you probably hoped you were always going to be having <laughs> because uh, Josh Bucken, a, a, a new young face, um, he uh, he delivered a couple of wins for you. Yes, he was. Um, we we tested quite a few young uh, young up and coming drivers through the, through last year, um, and Josh Josh was one of them, and. Um, he was also uh, a, a, a guy that um, Hyundai Australia was quite keen on um, getting into the seat, it, it, only if we said he was okay. So we, we went to um, te- give him a test, and um, he was very quick. He, the, what I liked about him is that he, he was sensible. He did, like he, A lot of young people go out there, and they try to win you over on the first lap and the cars and you can see that, that they're a bit out of control and it's gonna be gonna end in tears. So but Josh went out there, he, he looked at it um, calm and collected and just did his job and he was as fast as Nathan. And Nathan went out and, you know, 
got the car set up, we got it right, and then um, uh, uh, Josh hopped in. He didn't he didn't try and break the lap record on the on the first few laps. He, he dialed himself in, came in. We had a chat about the car and made a very small adjustment for him. He went out and um, he just did some laps, and they were just consistent, good laps, clean. Didn't run off the track, didn't make any mistakes, uh, but he was fast. So as far as I was concerned, he was he would be perfect for us. I wrote a report which went to Hyundai Australia, and uh, it, it it started from there. Clearly, uh, having two wins at uh, Eastern Creek or Sydney Motorsport Park, and, and Nathan getting on the podium in the last race, I mean, clearly the car was better suited to that track, which is surprising. Um but you were you were saying you know engine power is not uh, the be all and end all with these uh, categories. No, we, the, the, we have this BOP, the balance of performance with all the cars. So if you do really well, you get weight or you get some changes, uh, height or less power. So just as you as you said before, the car was very very competitive and won everything in 2019. So it got the highest. So it's the highest car in the category. At, at 90 millimetres, um, it has only 97% power because they want to slow it down, and it was carrying the maximum amount of weight. Um, but at the beginning of this year, they took the weight off us to the minimum, which was 1305 kilograms. But um, uh, they left the height of the car, which hurts us the most, and they left the power at 97% or 97.5 it is. So we started the year with that. Um, we did. We knew that we'd struggle at at uh, in Tasmania, and um, it's because of the straights. The car's not that because it's running so high. It doesn't. It pushes too much air when it went up at high speed. So you need a lot more power to push it through the air at the same speed of of some of the other cars that are lower. So we um, we struggle with some high speed stuff. So at Simmons Plains we. We didn't do too well. We did okay because uh, Josh actually got a third there. Um, then, uh, at, but at Phillip Island, we were very competitive, but we had some issues in the wet with uh, some electrical problems. There was water got into the system somewhere and caused the thing to keep shutting down. So on the first race at Phillip Island, we, we ended up last, I think. But I knew the car was good in the dry. You know, we, we, we knew that the car was very quick. So... Nath went from uh, last on the grid, I think, to to tenth, and then from tenth to third. So he got a, you know, he he got, you know, the car was quick, and but unfortunately at that point they decided that the car was too quick, so they gave us 40 kilos. And even though Josh at that point was still getting used to the car and and working with it. Um, he was also very quick, and so they gave him 20 kilos. So we ended up with, you know, cars that were a bit now heavier. But and that slows you down. That that, that doesn't um, doesn't kill the car, but it slows you down a little bit. So when we went to Bathurst, which was a track we really struggled at because of you know the straights, um, uphill and downhill, it just you know we just didn't have the speed. So, uh, but you know, over the top through through all the the bendy bits, it, it was it was as quick as anything quicker, but we just couldn't match any most of the cars. It's just about every other car in, in in the series was faster than us down Conrad. Um, 
So after that, you know, the balance of performance comes along and they say, okay, you can take all your weight out again. So that was good. So we ended up with the cars being on minimum weight when we come to Eastern Creek and we knew we were going to be good there. Um, yeah, you always hope that you're going to win races, but, you know, you, 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 instead of, you know, saying, oh, we're the best, we, we're going we're gonna to do good, but we work hard and just try and get the cars best we could. And, and Josh came along. Um, qualifying is super important. and I made a small uh, judgment error, I guess, with with Nathan, and we should have been probably next to Josh or in, in that you know, right at the pointy end, but we we didn't quite make it. With it was a tire choice that that I that I decided I'd, we should do, and it was the wrong thing to do at the time. That the weather was just too cold. So anyway, um, uh, you know, Josh qualified second. We knew we could we could. We could be very, very competitive there. Just didn't know how competitive. And then, you know, once he got out front, he could control um, the race. And so he did that twice. And he should have done it three times, but he got pipped. And then there was too many yellows and too many bits and pieces to to um, to capitalise on on the car's speed. But uh, overall, the the weekend was very good. You know, very good for the brand, uh, very good for our drivers, very good for the team. The one conclusion I reach is that you you're obviously enjoying this new role. Um, you you wouldn't like to see, for instance, to go to crate engines in TCR where everyone's running the same engine, would you? you you'd, you'd much prefer to stay close to your own package as such. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I I sort of relate TCR to back into the Group A days when there was a bunch of different cars out there um, and you know with different engines, different packages, some handled better, some stopped better, some... You know, were fast in a straight line, and back in those days, you didn't really know who would win at any track because there was always a place where back then there was M M3s, there was like okay, Sierra's come along, um, there was Holdens, there was you know the Falcons, there was Toyotas, there was all sorts of cars in the mix, and um, at places you know the little car was quick, at places the bigger cars were quick, and so. Um, I enjoyed that time because you had to, you really had to think about what you were doing. There wasn't any, um, uh, you know, everybody has to run the same nowadays in, in V8 supercars. Everybody's got to run the same ratios, the same rockers, the same this, the same that, blah, blah. You know, you've got a very small few uh, components to choose from to, to, to get your car going. Back in Group A days, you know, you were, you were working with standard components, but, you, you know, you had to think about how to get that, it's back to the you know what I was saying about the the, the metal and the the, the technology in, in that side of it that's that's advanced so much back then it wasn't that advanced and so you you were having to use your head a lot to get the best out of uh, what you had and and so you know I enjoyed the fact that that the cars weren't equal and um, even though within TCR there's the balance of performance the cars are still not equal there's different gear ratios. With some of the cars, there's different packages in them, and so in some circuits, some cars are quicker, and some circuits, you know, other cars are quicker. And it gives you the fact that, you know, I think there was five different winners or whatever so far in in the series, and I'm sure there'll be some more. And um, it, it it keeps it alive. It, it keeps it interesting. I think it must be more interesting uh, to the general public than just the one make series winning all the time. You know, the one one team winning all the time, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So your next challenge is uh, 
Morgan Park, which I'm sure you haven't been to, and I'm no. certain that PCR haven't been there. So it's a big learning curve. Yes. Um, yeah, I've never been to Morgan Park. I didn't even know it existed until they said it was on the calendar. So I had to go and look at where it was even. So, um, yes, there'll be a challenge for us. I think it'll be a challenge for everybody. But, you know, the, why not, once again, you know, that's, that's part of the, the, the series is that, you know, it's a full of challenges. And um, uh, if you're going to shy away from that challenge, then, you know, you shouldn't be in this job. So, you know, we, we're... We're going to we we will test before uh, because we've got such a long uh, you know we've got nearly two months month and a half or something so um, we will test between between now and Morgan Park um, to get to get make sure the cars are good but you know yeah it, it will be a good challenge for everybody I think well thank you for joining us uh, Rob Benson the team manager and race engineer of Car 11 for HMO Customer Racing Rob wish you all the very best over the coming weeks as you prepare for. Your debut at Morgan Park. Say hello to the Queenslanders for me. <laughs> you know you're back in Australian bush when you get to Morgan Park. <laughs> well, thank you, Tony. I'll, uh, I'll see, uh, see how um, what sort of the uh, animals we see on the track there then. We don't see any kangaroos. Indeed. or uh... look, Wonderful. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for again okay. joining us on Inside Motorsport, and we'll look forward to talking in the near future. Okay. Thank you, Tony. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.